Blog Talk Radio. everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network, and we're off and running again. This week, we're going to be talking with John LeCron about war and propaganda. And there's a little background on this, and if you wonder how all this is intertwined, everybody knows we are propagandized. We have been, uh, they were prohibited from propagandizing the American public, our own government was. CIA, whoever, until about three years ago, and they changed that and said, yes, they could. And they've been doing it anyway. Um, A note to me is the Vietnam War. It supposedly started as a result of the Gulf of Tonkin incident, where they claimed one of our warships was attacked, and they said the Johnson administration said that it was Egypt who attacked our ship, and they quickly had to drop that line, but the intent was we were going to nuke Egypt so that the Middle East oil could be taken over. Uh, they got backed off of that real quick, so they turned around and said, oh, no, it was Vietnam. And here is this poor country that doesn't even have a John boat to fish with, and supposedly they attacked a warship, a U.S. warship. It never happened. Uh, the CIA admitted here three years ago that the incident never took place. It was actually just a means to, of course, the story is now, get into Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam was sitting wide open as it was, absolutely vulnerable to anyone and everyone. And the French had been there for 20 years tearing them up. And when they left, we followed them in. Makes you wonder what's in Vietnam. Nobody wants so bad, doesn't it? Just something to think about. If you go to World War II, that was another interesting one. Um, Pearl Harbor. They claimed the Japanese just swooped in out of nowhere and attacked all of our ships sitting in that harbor. It was the only time in our history before or since that all of our Navy ships were lined up like little dominoes in that harbor. And the uh, naval commanders were screaming bloody murder that they were ordered to do this. And supposedly... The surprise attack happened. This is what the public was told. It was a surprise attack happened and all those ships got bombed. I don't know how many sailors absolutely went to the bottom and many of them died down there. Um, Many of them lived beyond the attack but were left in those ships and they refused to let anyone go down and get them out. This was used, of course, to get us into World War II. Uh, The country had said that this was a European war it didn't involve us, and they didn't want in it, especially after World War One. They did not want in it, so we set it up so that uh, it looked like we were attacked for no reason by those stinking Japanese, and it was all set up between the Japanese and our government to get us into the war. And, of course, after Pearl Harbor happened, um, everybody started up like crazy, you know, it just 
it, it got us right in there, and God knows how many we sacrificed to that. As John keeps telling you, wars are all instigated by the bankers. It's all about making money. And if you have to die for them to do it, yeah, so what? And this is honestly the way these people view this. Uh, when Henry Kissinger said that the military were a bunch of useless animals, uh, the, they were animals that could be used. They were brainless. They, they were worth nothing. He wasn't kidding. That's exactly how he saw them. And when I look at people like him, Bill Gates, Fauci, several others, I wonder why these guys aren't hanging somewhere. It's just a thought that crosses my mind. But we have been propagandized continually ever since. What we think is right is left, and what we think is left is right. And it, this constant barrage of information, misinformation, um, intentional storytelling, so that you never know what's really going on. The only thing we know instinctively at this point in history is somebody's lying. And most obviously, most of them are. Uh, we cannot trust one thing that comes out of government, regardless of who's sitting up there in the Capitol. It just doesn't make any difference. If they're in that office, they've been groomed by these background groups before they were ever even allowed to become a candidate. So whatever comes out of their mouth is what they are told must come out of their mouth. Right now, they have an absolute puppet in there with Biden. The man is – he's not in his right mind. That's no fault of his own. He has dementia. That's quite obvious. And yet they are keeping that man in there. And you'll notice that you know, all the left-right stuff to use, I think it's Article 25, to remove him from office – for incompetency by the Republicans. Why is that? And the other time they'd be jumping up and down and screaming. And now they're trying to bring Trump back out again. And my God, everybody goes, yeah, mega, mega, mega. Yeah, mega, mega, mega. But you have to be careful what you listen to. When Homeland Security says the biggest threat to the country it's homegrown terrorists, people who don't follow the narrative, people who don't comply, people who come to their own conclusions that don't necessarily agree with the government story. You're a terrorist, whether you like it or you don't. We now have keyword search warrants. You type the wrong keyword into your browser. It flags the CIA and the FBI. And they can take a warrant for you based on that keyword and the fact that you are most likely a domestic terrorist. Be careful what you type. With all of that in mind, like I say, John's going to be talking about propaganda and war and the use of propaganda to promote war. How you doing this evening? Good evening, Marty. Ah, yes, ma'am. You know, that old concept of that. Theoretical domestic terrorists, that's anybody who doesn't go along with the official narrative, you know. I sit mm-hmm. here and I like to remind everybody, if I'm not on 20 government watch lists, I'm failing miserably in my exposure <laughs> yep. of the absolute corruption that's out there. And believe you me, it is blatant. Folks, we're going to go back in history. Marty's already covered a couple of them, so I'll gloss over them when we get there. But propaganda and war go together. They always have, they always will. Very 
in our history have wars been started by the average schmuck on the street. Maybe a little town over here and a little town over there decided to start getting it on and that, you know, Native Americans did a little fighting that way with each other and, you know, communities did that kind of stuff. But you look at your wars now, folks, it's not a raiding party. It's not something simple like that. No, these wars have repercussions and these repercussions, the domino effects, they don't seem to want to stop leads to is the foundation for yet another war, and that's how we're at the position we're at today. And we'll talk about that as I get to it. But as a society, we are failing miserably in holding the people responsible for these war crimes, and they are war crimes, accountable. There is no such thing as a good war. There is no such thing as a civil, quote-unquote, war. There's nothing civil about a war. War is something very simple. I like to define it as this. It is mass murder, mayhem, and terrorism with a very large budget. Societies have been gathered for one purpose, and I got this from the movie JFK a lot of years ago, and when I heard the character in the movie say it, it my jaw just a young man at the time i was still in the military but his little comment there he says all the purpose of societies to come together is for the purpose of war and i thought to myself wow when we sit here and we talk about this concept called anarchy no masters no slaves it's not this chaos that we're surrounded by on a daily basis. See, that's what they try to do. They play these word games. They change the meaning of words to serve their purposes. That's another version of it. We talk about legalese here in the past about that's a foreign language in these maritime admiralty constructive contract and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts. That's another version of war because that's what it is. You're supposed to be able to go into a courtroom and fight without violence. That's why courts were originally created, because otherwise you just go ahead and do your own, you know, justice. And there used to be justice in America. And if there was a problem, well, we meet in front of the sheriffs at noon. We solve the problem there. Whoever gets shot, well, so be it. But folks, that's not what's happening anymore. We've got people with financial interests, with interests and controls that are over them, whose sole purpose in life is to do what they're bidding of their masters. And that bidding every so often, we get another war. Remember, war is a simple concept to grasp. It's about controlling land and resources and people. It's that simple. It's not a complicated concept to grasp. You can sit there and drone bomb all day long. That means nothing. Anybody who's been infantry will tell you that. You don't actually control anything until you have boots on the ground. So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about propaganda, and this goes way back. You know, we've got to 
make it so that we end up hating somebody because they're a different nationality, they're a different religion, they're this, that, or the other. We've talked about that endlessly here also. We call it divide and conquer. Believe me, that's an agenda. There are no good guys out there in these wars right now. Now, I'm going to talk from both sides of the current situation in the future here in a few minutes. But I'm here to tell you, they are just actors playing a part. And it's got an agenda, and we're going to cover some of that. But let's go way back, and let's just talk American history. We don't even have to go too far back. First of all, we can go all the way to 1836, a little battle there called Battle of the Alamo. That was from 23 February to 6th of March of 1836. And that was for, quote, unquote, freedom. And that was a group of people that decided they were not going to sit there and turn their guns over to the armed forces of the Mexicans. Now, you have to realize something, and I don't have a problem with this. I really don't. But there was a constitution that had been granted to that area of Texas, and it was being violated. It was being violated by the Mexicans, but it technically was Mexican territory. But anyway, after that battle where all of the defenders got their asses handed to them, what happened? A great battle cry, remember the Alamo. Propaganda 101, folks, infuriated the Americans, brings in all kinds of new troops, rallies the people behind a war effort. What happened? Well, you get that little battle there increased into a major war. And yes, you, we got a new state out of the deal. Actually, I think we've got a couple of them. But the whole problem was this. It was violence for the purpose of control. Simple. And propaganda was a tool. Next, we can move on to Fort Sumter. That's the 12th and 13th of April, 1861, in Charleston, South Carolina. They're in the harbor. And everybody says, well, it was the Southerners. They fired first. They started the Civil War. It was all their fault. Until uh, you actually look at your history. What is your history saying? It says that there was a Yankee who was very upset that his cash cow slaves in the South, that he was busy exploiting, the Constitution was no longer in effect. This war was fought over slavery, but not the kind of slavery that they tell you it was. It was instead fought over the rights to control your area and to choose whether or not to pay taxes. All wars are bankers' wars, and the South was being pillaged by the North, and that was not what the Constitution said. Every tax was supposed to be equal amongst the states. Well, that wasn't the way it was working out. And I also like to point out that the 13th Amendment, which some people claim was never existed, and by the way, that's the original 13th Amendment by the original Constitution, Title of Nobilities Act, said that Abraham Lincoln could not be president. Why? Because he had a foreign 
title of nobility. He was a bar attorney. But again, I've talked about your history as well. 1822, decades before the War of Northern Aggression was declared, what happened? The Vatican and some of the kings of Europe realized that America was becoming too powerful. It was free, literally. And they said, we are going to do everything we can to undermine it. And they did. People don't realize it, but the Russians had naval ships outside of southern ports. Why was that? Because the battle was being waged with one victor over another. Decisions were made long in advance from the first shot being fired. But going back to Fort Sumter issue, Abraham Lincoln raised his army and sent an army and a navy south. And everybody in the north and south knew that ships were coming. Everybody did. So when did the southerners finally fire on Fort Sumter, which, by the way, the defenders of Fort Sumter actually just snuck in there in the middle of night and Christmas night, I think it was. And what happened? They were about to get reinforced. Well, the southerners could not permit that to happen. No, that's a major port. A major port. And to leave something like Fort Sumter available to be used to control that area because that port was critical. The southerners and the north both needed to control it, and that's why it was blocked for pretty much the whole war. But only when the first ship arrived with the first group of reinforcements did the Confederates fire on Fort Sumter. They begged the northern troops. They said, listen, we'll give you your ticket. You can take the train on north. It's all good. Just walk away. This is our property now. We have rejected the system. And people, you seem to forget, these founders gave themselves the right to leave the Union. They had that right because they were original to the Constitution. And it was no longer being honored. Can't have that, says the northern president of the corporation. Not going to permit my cash cow to leave. So he declares a war. Southerners defended themselves. What happened after that? Everything else is history if you've been listening to us for a while. After that war of northern aggression, they created this new thing, this new thing, a United States citizen, which I like to refer to as a 14th Amendment corporate debt slave. And they created a brand new constitution, dropped the original 13th Amendment and replaced it with the new one and the 14th. And the southern states had to go along with it in order to be accepted back into that, quote-unquote, union. And they had to swear allegiance to the union. Threat and duress, of course, but that's beside the point. Is that a valid contract? Well, if you've listened to us here on the station, you know a valid contract consists of four things. Full disclosure, a meeting of the minds, mutual consideration, 
and the autographs or signatures of all contracting parties. Well, you got a gun to your head, guess what? You're going to sit down. That's threatened dress, but hey, they did it. So we have a brand new debt slave. And in 1868, got a brand new constitution. And the rest, they say, is history. And the bankers pillaged in 1873. The bankers continued to pillage as time went on. And 1913 Federal Reserve and more pillaging and more pillaging and then of course the theft of the gold in 1933 and the theft of the silver in 1965 but hey y'all can believe if you want that this is not a form of warfare which of course if you've been listening to us you know it is it's financial warfare folks to control people and resources so what's our next little entertainment Well, a little ship there found itself and seems that it blew up in the harbor. Well, this is a shocker, right? Oh, it was blown up by those Spaniards. They did that. You know, research later shows that it was the boiler that blew up. But hey, y'all, it was a good argument at the time, right? Remember the Maine was the battle cry. And so begins the Spanish-American War. And that was another great war for America because it didn't last very long. Perry walked in, went into the uh, um, Cuban waters and uh, caught the uh, <clears throat> Spanish fleet with its feet down and basically blew them up. War was basically over. That's how we ended up with controlling Cuba and controlling some other interests that used to be controlled by Spain. Ah, so now we can move forward a few more years. Now, you notice this is about every 20 years, right, folks? I just thought I'd throw that out for you. 20 years or so, we've got to get ourselves in a really entertaining shooting war. Well, next we had this little thing called the Lusitania, another ship going out of the port of uh, in New York. And there was a little war going on over there in Europe called World War One. Mm-hmm. And the German U-boats were running wild. And there were full-page ads taken out in newspapers in New York. Do not get on the Lusitania. It is carrying war supplies. If we see it, we will sink it. Okay. So everybody was given advance notice, which is a requirement, of course, in wartime. It's a requirement in a contract. Well, you're stupid enough to get on the ship. Guess what? Now you get to suffer the consequences. So what did they do? They sent the Lusitania into an area known to be controlled by German U-boats deliberately, and they sent it by herself. So what happens? Hey, there's the Lusitania. Boom, sunk to the water, American people dead. We must go to war against Germany. Well, gee, if those Americans had been halfway smart and said, you know what? They said, uh, if we see the Lusitania, we're going to sink her. Maybe it's not a good idea for me to get on board her. Well, you know, but propaganda works. We got another war and we don't even have to talk about that little detail. And of course, who was the president? Woodrow Wilson. The same president that gave us the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. 
But there's a little bit more to that, too. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. So now, moving into Pearl Harbor, as Marty mentioned a few minutes ago. Well, here's a dirty little detail that we don't hear about very often. Yes, at the time, there was the Army Air Force. There was no separate Air Force. It was the Army Air Force, and there was the Navy. So the Army was on the land, and the Navy was in the sea. And most of the ships were, as Marty mentioned a few minutes ago, sitting in the harbor. It was a very shallow harbor. It was uh, not a good place to be bottlenecked. Okay? And this was the agenda. There it is. Nice, big, fat target. Beautiful. And here's the kicker. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, that criminal banker that stole the American people's gold and turned everybody into a debt slave, and his, today is a day of national consecration speech, as he became president. We talked about that. I'm not going to get into details now. To World War One. Guess what? Him and Winston Churchill were on two different sides. Winston Churchill in England. He was in America. They knew each other going all the way back to World War One. And if you've listened to our conversations in the past, you know I've considered America to be a subsidiary of the English. Again, go ahead and read the original 1783 peace treaty. And keep reading it until it sinks in. We lost that war, contrary to popular propaganda. Read it over and over again. Oh, no, my teacher told me we won that war. Yeah, you got a little control of the geographic area. But what did we have? All of these presidents, direct ties to England and the kings of England. Oh, there's a shocker. Think that's a coincidence, folks? Do you really believe that's a coincidence? God, I hope you're not that naive. Anyway, moving on. There was an investigation into Pearl Harbor by the Congress. They wanted to do all kinds of nasty things to the good general and to the captain there that was in charge of the fleet in Pearl Harbor. They had all kinds of nasty intentions, so they started doing an investigation. And what did they discover? FDR not only knew the Japanese were on the way, he deliberately did not tell them. All of a sudden, that investigation kind of went away. (laughs) You know, can't have a situation like a treasonous president getting caught up and uh, he was dead anyway. It didn't matter. But here's the problem. This is a pattern. So what did we get after World War II? Well, we got the Korean War. And again, what happened there? More drama. See, Korea was divided into North Korea and South Korea because of World War II. See how all past wars lead to the future wars? And as a little side note, going back to World War II again, we also forget that the first thing Adolf Hitler did when he invaded France and took it over, he sat the French down and had them sign the peace treaty in the same rail car that the Germans had to sign the peace treaty in World War I. 
And we don't talk about the fact that the French were pillaging the Germans and the Americans and the English were pillaging the Germans for, quote-unquote, war reparations, which, of course, led to World War II. And again, if you've been listening to us, you also know that Nazi headquarters, National Socialists, headquarters was not in Berlin, Germany. No. It was in New York, New York. The Bush banking crime family. They were bankers before they were an oil people. And again, if you know your history, you know this. And you know that the Bushes are tied into what? The Cocaine Importing Agency or Criminals and Actions. You know, sometimes they're called the Central Intelligence Agency, but as I can tell, they're just a criminal enterprise. A criminal enterprise that Eisenhower created and regretted and then turned around and John F. Kennedy said, you know what, I've got to shut these people down. And we know what happened on 22 November 1963, don't we? Hmm. And his co-president, who was very upset that he wasn't the president, all of a sudden, Lyndon Baines Johnson, the man who was about to go to jail, crimes that he had committed, a man who has been accused of murdering his own sister. On 21 November, says, tomorrow all my problems go away to his mistress. Mm-hmm. But y'all can believe that this is not all scripted, if you'd like. But, as the X-Files says, the truth is out here. Now, the question is, are you willing to do the research? Because I tell you, don't just believe the guy talking to you. Don't just believe me. Do your own due diligent research. Because until people start to recognize how the control works, how the puppeteers are played, you think it's just Anthony Fauci? You think it's just Bill Gates? You think it's just Donald Trump? Or the current moron that may or may not be president? You think over there in Europe, the Ukrainian president, or Vladimir Putin of Russia? Propaganda, folks. These are all puppets working for the same people. It is the same story again and again and again. They're just playing their part. And as Marty mentioned earlier, all it was simply about controlling people. And what was the statement made by one of the big dogs here in America, one of the puppet masters? Soldiers are just useful idiots, tools for foreign policy. They're just expendable pawns. You're talking to an expendable pawn who woke up. Next. Marty also talked about the Gulf of Tonkin. The battle that never took place. I actually talked to a guy that was there. And he outright admitted, yeah, there wasn't anything out there. They just told us to start shooting. And so we did. 
They told us to stop shooting, so we stopped. We weren't shooting at anything. But hey, that was all that it took. It was all that it took. Next, just a few years after that, 8 June 1967. Well, what was going on in 67 other than Vietnam, John? Uh, There was a nice little six-day war going on between the Arabs and Israel. You say, well, that sounds interesting, John, but uh, what relevance is that? Well, it seems that there was a little ship out there called the USS Liberty. And this USS Liberty was targeted by the Israeli Air Force. Now, the Israelis were running around in the Air Force, and uh, they were given the orders to attack the Liberty. And they said, no, that's the Americans. Those are our allies. No, you are going to attack the Liberty. Uh-huh. If you don't, you will be dealt with when you get back home. So what happens? All of a sudden, these quote-unquote allies take on the USS Liberty. The first strike was pretty devastating, but by golly, they were successful in repelling enough and keeping that ship afloat. And if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, Marty and I have already covered that little detail, so I'll just hit the highlights. What happened? Well, in a nutshell, the United States Navy uh, got the word, and the aircraft carrier launched its aircraft. Oh, we're going to do some damage now. We're going to protect the Liberty. Ring, 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 ring. This is Washington, D.C. This is the President of the United States, Lyndon Baines Johnson. You will turn your aircraft around. Excuse me? You will turn your aircraft around. And so, long story short, power that would have knocked all those Israeli aircraft out of the sky landed back on its aircraft carrier. I can't remember if the um, gentleman that was uh, the captain of that aircraft carrier was uh, the one that called him back or if it was the uh, assistant who had him arrested as he was a CIA agent. Because I think that was a story, if I remember correctly. Go ahead, Can I? There's a man named Bill Turney. Can you hear me now? Okay. I can hear you. John? Go ahead. Okay. Phil uh, Turney was, a, was on the Liberty, the sailor on the Liberty, and he wrote a book about it uh, here maybe about six years ago. And he talked about how the Israelis strafed them nonstop. And he said men were in the water, and the aircraft carrier that was running them, because they said there were hundreds of sailors in the water to rescue them, and there is a recording of Lyndon Bain Johnson telling them to turn back. Don't do a, excuse my language, goddamn thing. I want that goddamn ship on the bottom. You hear me? I want it on the bottom. The commander of that ship that was coming refused to obey that order and pulled hundreds of our soldiers or our naval men out of the water and saved them. He lost his command. He lost his whole career. He lost everything over it. Uh, Johnson actually tried to put him in prison for the rest of his life, and it stopped just short of that. But that book by Phil Turney, Attack on the USS Liberty, um, was it, it's worth the read. It'll bring you to tears to read it. What actually went on on that ship, how they were begging Israel to stop, stop, we're American, please stop. 
and they were ordered to take it down. But go ahead. I'm sorry. There's nothing to be sorry about, Marnie. And yeah. the last thing, you were correct. I was about to cover the fact. I want that goddamn ship on the bottom of the ocean. But he also gave inst- those same instructions to a submarine, and the submarine captain told the president of the United States where he could shove it to. I don't need to tell you what happened to that crew. Long story short, folks, they wanted to get America into yet another war. Because the six-day war between the Arabs and Israel was not a surefire win for Israel. They held on barely. And it was because the Arabs were too stupid in their planning to do things the correct way. Because otherwise, Israel was done. And remember, folks, Israel was a creation of the Rothschild dynasty. That is a fact. And again, you can actually go and watch an... um, YouTube video where one of the Rothschilds talks about the planning of Israel back in the teens or 20s. But again, if you don't know your history, what does it matter, right? Everything happens by accident, you know. Well, next we've got that quote-unquote thing called the Cold War. See, Mario and I remember this so well. (laughs) We're old enough to remember. Oh, the Russians are our enemies. And, of course, there was this thing called the North American Treaty Organization. And from uh, 12 March of 1947, where you get the Truman Doctrine, to the dissolution of the United uh, the Union Soviet Socialist Republics, a.k.a. the USSR, in 1989, we had this war with the Russians. It was, quote-unquote, cold. But, again, if you don't realize that after World War II that we put a lot of the Nazis to work. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we did research Operation Paperclip. But you see, Operation Paperclip was just about sending useful Nazis. Some of them were actual socialists. Some of them weren't. They were just caught up. But regardless, they were taken overseas and taken to America and put in charge of a lot of different research, including a multitude of war criminals. But you see, most of those never ended up over in America. No, ladies and gentlemen, they became the foundation for the cocaine importing agency in Europe. Oh, well, let's talk about where some of those people ended up at. Can we say the Ukraine? Oh, sure we can. But that's, again, we'll get into that in a few minutes. So next, we have this little incident there. If we're going moving forward again, every 20 years or so, folks, got to get into another really significant war. The quote-unquote Gulf War. This crazy madman named Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Of course, they don't want to admit that Saddam Hussein was a puppet and uh, agent of the cocaine importing agency. But hey, you know, more conspiracy and all that, you know. Just keep on believing that he didn't ask permission. By the way, I listened to the interview of the woman that told him that he had permission to invade Kuwait, just so you know. Um, Long story short, what happened? Oh, that was a perfect excuse to get troops over in a place that we really didn't have them much. And again, if you don't know why we had a vested interest there, in Saudi Arabia? Well, we've talked about the petrodollar. You know, after the gold got stolen in 1933, foreigners could still trade it for American at $35 an ounce. 
Well, the French decided, you know what? That's cool. That's great. We want the gold. We don't want your fiat currency. So they were busy draining the gold from the treasury. And uh, needless to say that uh, we ran out. You know, Fort Knox. Oh, yeah, we have gold in Fort Knox. Good luck with that theory. Good luck with that theory. Hasn't been audited in decades upon decades. In fact, I don't think it's been audited in a century, but that's beside the point. So anyway, what happens? We do this deal with the Saudis. And the Saudis were, of course, head of the OPEC, oil-producing countries. And what it was was, hey, only accept a dollar for your oil. And in return, we will guarantee the delivery of the oil safely with our naval fleet, and we will protect you. Boom. Well, now you got your basis for why we were over there. The real reason we were over there is, this is a shocker, I know, oil! Hey, now we got control of the Kuwaiti oil and the Iraqi oil, and it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. But what do we get? Talking about that propaganda thing, since I haven't discussed it for a few minutes. Oh, those Iraqi soldiers came into our hospitals and dumped the babies onto the floor and took the little incubator things out with them. That the daughter of a politician from that. Of course, you weren't told that as you were watching it. And then, of course, there's the Clinton News Network or the Communist News Network or, you know, whatever you want to refer to them as. Fake news is what I like to refer to them as. Had two idiots there talking about how they were in the middle of Iraq. And, of course, the siren went off and one moron is busy trying to put on a gas mask and the other one's busy trying to put on a helmet. Meanwhile, hint, hint. They hadn't left New York. Hmm. Propaganda, folks. Trust me, they're getting good at it. They are getting very good at it. Because when we sit here and we say all wars are bankers' wars, and you got a former CIA head sitting there saying, we will have been successful when everything the American people believe is false. Hmm. Boy, if that isn't a big red flag, I sure don't know what to tell you is. It's like I keep reminding everybody, there's always a narrative. There's always a counter-narrative. And they're usually controlled by the same people. <clears throat> So if the narrative is wrong, the counter-narrative is wrong, that means the truth is out there somewhere, and we've got to dig a lot deeper to find it. And we sure aren't going to find it in the propagandized version they call news. Because remember, folks, they've already admitted to us it is not news. The lawsuit says, oh, this is A, opinion, and B, entertainment. Opinion and entertainment. Well, gee, there's censorship on Facebook. You know, we talk about that all the time, too. Well, this is just our opinion, say the fact checkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the opinion of disinterested third parties that are paid to have a certain opinion. You know, kind of like the hoax that we've been talking about for two years now. But again, getting off the point here. 
So from there, we had the great and glorious Gulf War, which is a wonderful few days and a few months of air fire and a couple of days out of ground. Boom, all of a sudden, we were in complete control of his Saddam Hussein's little core of the world. We left him in charge for a few more years, but what happened? Well, they had a list. And again, if you paying any attention, I remember when it first came out. There was a general that says, listen, we've got a list of seven countries that are on there. Afghanistan was number one. Iraq was number two. Iran was number three or four. Uh Uh-huh. So it only took a few years after that before we actually did take control of Iraq. We left Saddam Hussein in there for a little while and that's fine, and then decided, okay, well, now we've got our excuse when they blew up some buildings on 9-11. Yes, they hate us for our freedom, Marty. They hate us for our freedom. They attacked us for our freedom. No, it was direct tie-in with, again, with the Bush crime family, and it was a bank robbery. They robbed gold. I'm told they robbed diamonds, too. I can't confirm that, but I heard that from a source I'm pretty comfortable with. And, of course, what did they do? They targeted, oh, two locations in two different locations that had all the evidence for all the banking fraud. And, uh, coincidentally, trillions of dollars that was missing from the military, which was talked about on the 10th. But, again, just conspiracy, folks. There's no agenda here. None at all. We've been given a narrative after a narrative after a narrative after a narrative. They say to us that we left all of this equipment magically over there in Afghanistan when we left. Folks, I'm ex-military. I promise you the only time we would have left any military supplies over there that could be used by anybody else, we did not have time to destroy it. And trust me, they had plenty of time to destroy it. We would not leave anything usable. Oh, and that, of course, brings up the point that I didn't get this confirmed by one source. I did not get this confirmed by two sources. I got this confirmed from three separate people that I talked to and knew personally. Brand new supplies coming off of the ships from America into Afghanistan piled higher and deeper, unpacked, destroyed, rinse and repeat. Three sources, Marty. Not one, not two, not three. That wasn't something that I heard online. That was three people I met and talked to. And that was not a question that I asked them. They let it slip. You think the military-industrial complex isn't making its trillions? It is very, very, very profitable for the military-industrial complex to go to war. It's a whole lot easier to sell military supplies to the government than it is to produce things that people need. After all, how many refrigerators can you buy, especially since we've been murdering people on this thing called abortion for the last several decades? 
Huh? Think about it, folks. How many homes can you build when your population is gradually declining? When the rise of feminism, the rise of this philosophy of leftist ideology, where people like me are considered to be toxic because we don't pull our punches, we tell you the truth, and that just it offends me. The truth doesn't care about your feelings, and the war doesn't either. So when I tell you folks that you have been living in a war as a slave your entire life, and I've given you evidence of one, two, three, four, what, we've been in five wars just in the last 30 years, 40 years? And that's not even counting all those little police actions that we never hear about that will, quote-unquote, never meet the pages of a book or a magazine, at least until they finally are willing to talk about it, maybe, decades down the road. See, here's the problem that we have. Being so conditioned to accept the, quote-unquote, truth and quote-unquote gospel of the politicians, you're not allowed to question known liars. You know how you tell a politician is lying? Oh, his lips are moving! That's joke old as I am. Probably older. Ladies and gentlemen, trust nothing We've explained how the media has been taken over and controlled all the way back to the 1970s, again, by the cocaine importing agency. You can still watch that video. It's still on YouTube, to my amazement. Of course, there's a lot of stuff that isn't on YouTube anymore. A lot of websites have been taken down, a lot of videos, a lot of great information that I've caught throughout the years. I can't share it anymore because there isn't a link to it that I can share with people. But it doesn't mean I didn't see the link, didn't follow it, didn't watch and learn the contents, jot those points down in my notes. The propaganda is so bad, folks. You can have me sitting in front of a computer and I can play a few little keystrokes and all of a sudden I will look just like Elvis and sound just like Elvis in real time. Technology, folks, it has changed the world. What is going on? Do you know? You're not over there, quote-unquote. All you've got is what you hear, and too many people have taken what they've heard off of a television set or off of a radio station. Trauma-based mind control. I've talked about it again and again and again. Well, what's the latest trauma? I'm constantly amazed how I actually see it in real time, people that I know. One of my friends is an old vet, of course, and he was also around in the, during the Cold War and former officer. And all he sees 
is World War Three, And he's running scared. He's running scared. And he's already, you know, in his 60s. He won't be going anywhere. Worried about that magical mushroom cloud. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks. You don't always have to use bombs and bullets to kill people. You don't always have to use poisoned injections to kill people. You don't always have to use doctors and nurses to kill people. You can use trauma-based mind control, and it works very well. And what ends up happening? Some of them die of fear. Yes, it's a real thing. Some of them die of loneliness. Again, locked up in your home for a year or two. I can't remember what country it was in, but they found a little old lady that had been dead for over a year. Nobody even noticed she was missing. Nobody cared. But hey, that's fine. You've got your Netflix and chill, right? Don't need to worry about what's going on in the world. Their narratives, their counter-narratives, and the truth, I promise you, (laughs) the distance between those three things is like from here to Mars. Like I keep bringing up, the X-Files told you, trust no one. Trust no one. Not even the guy and the girl talking to you. Never forget, war is murder with a bigger budget. Never forget, you've been labeled as a domestic terrorist, even if you've not done anything. If you sit there and said, you know what? I just don't like this current occupant by den in the White House who may or may not be president. Seems that sometimes he's really not there. Other time when his cognitive functions, you're wondering, hey, is that the same guy even? Or is that just somebody wearing a mask playing the part? Do you know? Do you know? Are you there? No, of course not. See, part of the problem we have as a society is we've got to the point where we believe that criminals with an evil intention are our masters. And they've magically convinced most of the population of them. Now, a few people out there like me are busy screaming at the top of my head, stop consenting to their tyranny. Not a very complicated concept to grasp. But it's like they want to hold on to the that which they comprehend, even though it's their own enslavement. Because that's where the slavery really is, folks. Do people get enslaved by being thrown in cages for victimless crimes? Oh, yes. Do people get enslaved and send in their quote-unquote money, and there's no such thing as money, 12 United States Code, 411, Federal Reserve notes and negotiable debt instruments, they're a liability to the United States Corporation. They are not money. But we send that to the quote-unquote IRS, or at least some of y'all do. Why? Well, they might come in and do really nasty things to me and take all my stuff. Slaves don't own anything, folks. I've told you this. 
change your thinking. Look at your deed. It calls you a tenant. That makes you a renter. That's why you have to pay that extortion fee to the city and the county every year. That's to rent the land that you think you own. And the building that sits on top of it. Title, what is the certificate? It says there's a title out there somewhere, but your car isn't even yours. You registered it. You gave it away free of charge. Said, here, take my vehicle. And he put it into a corporation name. All capital letters name. Capitus diminutio maximum, maximum loss of status. The person, the thing, the entity, that which can be owned. But you think that's you. What did I tell you folks the title was? A manufacturer's statement of origin, which most people that buy a car or a truck or whatever they're running around in never even see. Why? Simple. Because that belongs to the corporations controlling your world and your life. And they all trade on Wall Street. I've explained this again and again. Go on. Look it up for yourself. Done in Bradstreet. Just type in your favorite city of, state of, county of, whatever. I don't care. They trade on Wall Street just like you do. Your birth certificate is traded amongst the bankers. It's traded amongst all of these people. It's all propaganda, folks. And yes, you can even say what Marty and I do is propaganda. But you see, the difference between what they're doing and what we're doing is we do this out of luck to wake you up. We're not lying to you. We tell you, you catch us in something, call us out on it. Guess what? You can't because we have our facts tight. See, I don't say anything that I can't prove. That's the beauty of what I do. It just makes it so much nicer. And trust me, this knowledge didn't come from 20 minutes of study. No, it came from decade after decade after decade, a lifetime of study before all the magical pieces fell into place and everything all of a sudden made perfect sense. I wish I'd met somebody like me 30 or 40 years ago. My journey would have been so much different and so much easier, and I would have been able to help more people. But you see, that's not how the universe works. The universe puts the people in front of us that we need to be there when we need them. And I've seen that too. But don't fall for the propaganda. Stop worrying about a mushroom cloud. Trust me, America is not what they want to bomb. They don't want to. They want the money and wealth and resources of this country. And by the way, when I say money, I'm not talking Federal Reserve notes. No. Gold, silver, oil. Most importantly, the people. See, folks, we are what brings wealth. We are the creators of it. We are the distributors of it. But the problem is the systems agents don't want us having wealth because if we have a middle class that's happy and content, 
well, that's a fairly good thing, but now that we start taking away from the middle class, now they're going to get a little bit edgy. So that's why they got to label you as a domestic terrorist. All of us returning war veterans, what do they call us? Domestic terrorists. This is back in the 90s with the Clintons. I don't like being labeled a domestic terrorist. All because I know the truth of the criminal nature of these assholes. Your world is what you make of it. This is why they propagandize you. See, they cannot create the world they want without your help. And I drive that point home again and again and again. Stop consenting to their criminal agenda, and we can put a stop to this now. What happens when they say, oh, we must go to war? No, we don't. Burn your draft cards. They did in the 70s. Did in the 60s. Well, that's unpatriotic. I can't think of anything more patriotic than telling a criminal enterprise where to stick it. I can't think of anything more moral or ethical than to not murder people for the profit of third-party corporations and their agents. Now, maybe y'all are willing to do that. I know it was a time I was. There was a time. Kill them all. Let God sort them out. As a kid, I had that T-shirt. But I woke up. I figured some things out. And it was not an easy journey. It wasn't an easy journey. But if I can do it as an old war hawk who grew up doing nothing more than reading about history, finances, and most importantly, war, I am an expert. If I can do that, can you? Don't let the trauma fear mind control get to you. Don't let the divide and conquer strategy win. Recognize that we have more in common with all people all over the world than we have against them. See, people just want to be left alone. They just want to be able to go through life in peace, eat, drink, be merry, have a few kids. Cycle of life continues. But as long as we allow these corporations masquerading as governments to mandate and dictate to us what we will do because some moron, no integrity, who's a puppet of somebody with an agenda, we will continue to get more of the same, which is wars of aggression, dead bodies, and slavery. I've told you folks again and again and again, they are selling you slavery and an early death. That is their sales pitch to you. We're selling you life and freedom. Now, only you, only you can decide which choice that you want. Marty, back to you. You know, um, that's the thing.
I remember all the protests over the Vietnam War. The draft but they come their age. And Marty, you got not to go kill other people. Marty, you got Say some what? really bad feedback. You have some bad feedback. I do what in the heck's going on every time I try to talk better. Yeah, every time you talk, all we're hearing is a little bit of your talk and the rest of it is beep. Yeah, that's it's interference. Annoying. It's intentional. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Okay, is it still is it still happening? It's, it's better now. It's better now. Okay. Um, let me know. But, you know, that's the thing. We keep getting sucked into one war after another war after another war. This thing with Ukraine. I have kind of mixed feelings about it. We have gone into Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, trying to get into Syria and Iran in countries that we have no business interfering with their business with always the scream of a he's a brutal dictator, pretty brutal here if you ask me. And uh, you know that he's 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 killing his own people, you're killing us. Um but all of these these reasons, which are all bogus, uh, you, you talked about Saddam Hussein. He had, he was handpicked by Rumsfeld to head up Iraq after they deposed the Shah. And, uh, he played along for years. When he went into Kuwait, uh, it was the Bush Bushes who told him to go ahead and attack. And then they turned around and said, oh, he's attacked Kuwait. we got to... And it was asked them and said, no, he was told to do this by the Bushes, by the Bush administration, to go into Kuwait and that we would provide him backup. April Glass, after that announcement, disappeared off the face of the planet, never to be heard from again, to my knowledge. God only knows how she ended up. But we went after Iraq. I don't know why to this day, other than oil why we did that. We went after Libya, said Omar Gaddafi was always a brutal dictator. He was terrible. And what it was, was he wouldn't let the oil cartels in. And so uh, they cut off any supplies to him, any imports into the country, mostly agricultural medicines and that kind of thing. He retaliated by building a desalinization plant on the coast in a pipe plant and he started pumping water inland and greening up Libya. They were growing their own stuff. We can't have that. At the same time, every student was required to complete two years of college education. It was free at minimum, but it was required to do that. If you got married, you got the equivalent of 50000 U.S. dollars and your first little home free. Medical care was free. Um, we went in NATO, this you know wonderful collage of people, went in the first thing we did, and he wouldn't let Dutch Shell, Mobile Exxon, Phillips, none of them in there. He nationalized the oil profits, so everybody got a check off the oil profits. And they couldn't have that. So they came in, 
The first thing they did was bomb the desalinization plant, which under the rules of war they're not supposed to do. And I've never heard of anything so damn ridiculous, John, as rules for war. But anyway, the second thing was they bombed the pipe plant. Then they said about bombing schools, colleges, universities, hospitals, medical centers, and then they went after the Capitol. They killed Gaddafi and both of his sons. And as people stood over it, his body was drugged in front of the cameras and they had rammed a broomstick up his rectum. I was so proud not. When we bombed Baghdad, I was at work at the time, they had a TV going, and they were showing bomb, the bombs dropping on Baghdad, and people are cheering, and I turned around, I was just almost in tears. I said, do you understand how many children at the other end of those bombs? Is it just a building? Well, I don't give a shit, you know, look what they did. What did they do? What do you want to do with that? Why are you cheering this? But we have done some god-awful things. And eventually, I believe in karma, eventually this is going to come around. It's going on now. Again, you sovereign nation. We have a, another madman equivalent to Trump sitting in Russia, Putin. And Trump just thinks he's an admirable guy who is attacking a country for no other reason than he thinks it belongs to him, that has been an ally of ours. We aren't there. I don't want to be there. I don't want our troops there. But like I say, we went into all these other countries that we had no relationship with and tore the hell out of them and killed millions of people. And here's our ally. That we're going, oh, we can't get in there. I'm sorry, what's wrong with this picture? You have men and women in Ukraine fighting to survive, and they're doing a darn good job, bless their hearts. <laughs> they're beating the Russians back, as near as I can tell, or at least stalling them. <laughs> Excuse me. But it, it, this, this whole thing of our military, I remember here um, about three years ago, a letter issued from the VA informing 120,000 veterans that even though they had never gotten services from the VA, they decided they all had PTSD because they'd been in the war and they no longer had second And nobody said anything, John. These are our returning military. Of course, we routinely leave them in the street, homeless. Uh, VA is notorious for its poor care. And they're another bunch of like hospice that will drug you to death, given the opportunity just to get rid of you. I, I don't understand what's what's wrong with America. Uh, I don't understand why people aren't engaged and involved. And when you see our men and women coming home from service overseas, having been in one or more deployments, and see them treated this way. Henry Kissinger was right. They're useless animals. That's exactly how we treat them. We sent you to do a job. 
but none of this is for our benefit. The point is the point I'm trying to make. None of this is for our benefit. It does nothing to move our country ahead, to secure us as a nation. It does none of that. So what are we, we left with? As John says, they're bankers' wars. People are making money. They're making money hand over fist. And if they should go into Ukraine, just like when they went into all these other countries, none of them are going to go. None of our grandkids are going to go. It'll be you, me, our kids, our grandkids that'll go. They'll sit safely in their little cushy spots there in D.C. and talk about how bad and terrible war is. They haven't got a clue. They have not got a clue. Um, When you had Trump in, neither him nor his sons ever served. He supposedly had a bone spur. Um, looking, His son was in, but of course had a cush job. Uh, and this is the other thing. When they do go in the military, they are seldom in the line of fire or in a dangerous position. Very, very seldom. It's usually a desk job somewhere far away like the Caribbean. But we have to, as John said, stop consenting. We have got to stop consenting. Uh, stand up. And John, I think that's what has happened with this COVID mess that never was. I think people, enough people refuse to comply, refuse to consent. And they had to let it go. And then as the numbers kept dropping when they were reported more honestly, uh, you see the CDC came out and said, oh, it's no longer, uh, you don't need to wear a mask inside. Well, I don't know what fool did that anyway. I know we certainly didn't wear one outside either. But enough people said no, that they have to let this go. It isn't working. The program is not working. What they attempted to accomplish with this is still not quite clear to me. But I- have a Milkovitz is going to be coming on the show here hopefully in the next week who is an expert on vaccines and what this actually is that they are injecting into people um, and she can explain it in words that you can understand we, we are simply tools we are to be used abused and thrown away I don't know what John what happens to people when they hit DC or even at state level government that suddenly it's like you lose all sense of humanity, any empathy, any sympathy, any rational thinking. I don't know if they get <laughs> they get brainwashed. What happens to them? But they turn around and they are nothing at all like you thought they were going to be. And maybe that's our fault too. Maybe we allowed ourselves, you know, to be conned by these people. But I I don't. No, they're still arguing whether Trump, you know, got cheated out of it. Trump is one of the biggest cheats in the world. He has screwed everybody that's done business with, with him. Uh, I remember when he was running, he said, they're telling lies about me. And they said, I've uh, uh, done bankruptcies, and I never have had one. No, Trump, the man never did, but Trump's businesses did eight different times. That's how he made a lot of his money was screwing people over and not paying them. And the other lie about I started with a small amount of cash. My father, $400 million ain't a small amount, sweetie. And their business 
Gates was built a hotel business in New York. Uh, his old man started buying hotels to help his prostitutes that he was running. He didn't want to pay somebody else hotel fees. And that's how they got started. It's like you talked about the Bushes started out, you know, in what was it, banking, and then went to oil. Standard Oil was a major disaster at that. And they were running drugs. Bush for the Trading with the Enemies Act. Uh, uh, Prescott Bush came back here. Senate seat for a couple of terms. Now, how this country? I appreciate about you is what really happened because they're too comfortable with the lie they were. Soul, noble nation that might have been that never have been what was going on it just makes you just makes you throw where we go from here I really don't I don't know anywhere to go or any I think we've muddied our own history and now see they're getting around to us they're not they had to get rid of as many of us as possible and they're doing that globally they want rid of us I think it's a, it's a shame when governments of the world and ours included and probably most especially have screwed their own populations over so many times so badly that they become terrified of the people who are paying them. That is statement on the condition of things. When you have done so much harm to the people who put their trust in you that now you want to kill them to shut them up, we got a problem. But they're doing this globally. I don't think we have an independent government. What do you think about that, John? Do you think we do? There is no independence. And I wanted to talk real quick. I meant to talk about the Ukraine for just a minute. Folks, the Ukraine, there was a lot of uh, Nazis that were left over from the war that ended up there. A lot of corruption there, and of course there's corruption in uh, Russia too, that's beside the point. But we have to remember a few things. First of all, we have Biden and his son, and uh, one of Biden's partners over there in the Ukraine was being hunted down and prosecuted by a local prosecutor. For crimes, gee, shocker, right? Well, Biden literally, you can see the video, says uh, you will fire the prosecutor or you don't get this billion dollars. I don't need to tell you what happened. Folks, one of the things that's taking place over there that they're not talking about is there is a civil war going on before this issue with the Russians, Okay. You forget that the Ukraine and Russia are basically one and the same. They have the same language and all that. And, yeah, the Ukrainians have suffered under Russian tyranny for decades. 
but then they got some quote unquote freedom. But yet you have sex trafficking over there. You've got all these other problems and it's a fairly poor country. Okay. But on that same note, the corruption was running rampant and certain powers that should not be, AKA the United States has been financing some of these corrupt enterprises. And there's a lot of money being made over there and a lot of quote-unquote money laundering being done over there. And what did we get before the Russians moved into the Ukraine? The Russians are going to attack. The Russians are going to attack. The Russians are going to attack. Oh, gee, does that sound like that propaganda thing we were talking about a minute ago? Of course it does. Of course it does. And I'm here to tell you, folks, Again, this is where the whole problem lies. When we're sitting there depending upon corporations and their enterprises and their leaders to save us, we've already lost the war. For people that don't know, the corruption in government is off the charts, and it doesn't matter what part of the world we're talking about. You look at the World Economic Forum, and you see something. You see that the people that are now in charge of countries, including Trudeau up there in Canada, including that clown over there in Russia, they have tie-ins to the World Economic Forum. They're right? Not really. Because, again, they are all these people from around the world that are getting together, talking to each other with an agenda, and then just playing their roles, playing their parts, acting the part of the script or whatever they're handed. Whether it's war, whether it's propaganda, whether it's mass murdering your population, it doesn't matter. The truth is they are simply doing what they're told And the slave class, which has been lulled to sleep, has not to this day on a major scale woken up to the conspiracy. And the only reason I'm awake to the conspiracy is because I've been following it since I was six. That's a lot of decades to be following a crime. That's why I explained the crime. That's why I've showed you where it came from, when things happened, how it was set up. It's a brilliant system, but it wasn't built overnight. And it will not be disassembled slowly, piece by piece. There has to be a global awakening amongst the people who finally decide they've had enough and simply say no more. You want to stop all this insanity, stop consenting to the tyranny, stop following the orders of criminals, stop murdering people for profit because somebody told you to. Where is your conscience, people? Where is your morals? Where are your ethics? I hope not like these fascists and lunatics because they are raving lunatics. They really are psychopaths. And they're puppets. And they're mass murderers and war criminals and every other nasty name you want to do. But they call us the terrorists because we stand up and say, you know what? We see you for who you are and what you are. 
You're not fooling us. It's your choice, folks. This is our world, too. They don't want you on it. And like Marty likes to say, you're the carbon that they want to reduce. We have options that don't include serving corporations, doesn't include bowing down and licking boots of tyrants and their thugs with costumes, badges, and guns, or thugs with bar cards. We have options. You can have actual truth. You can have actual justice, and you can have peace. The only question is, ladies and gentlemen, are you willing to stand up to get those things, or are you going to do what every other generation before us has done and allowed our young people to end up having to take us forward? And their young people and their young people. Ours is the last generation that can put a stop to this, folks. I'm telling you right now, ours is the last. Because their central bank digital currency that they're trying to bring in, guess what? It's designed to complete the cycle to make slavery perfected. And this war, look at what's happened to oil. I just saw the gas prices in Clarksville. They jumped up 45 cents in the last 72 hours. Ladies and gentlemen, again, realize it's for an agenda of making profits at your expense. You are a slave to be pillaged and plundered and buried when your usefulness is over. And you would just make them all the happier if you decided to quit. Because now they don't owe you anything. Social insecurity, pyramid scheme. Taxes, pyramid scheme. Insurance, pyramid scheme. It's all based on fraud. Back to you, Marty. It's been this year so far. I think we're only going to of how bad things are actually going to get. Um, they're talking now, and they've already got the patents on this digital currency. Even if you're on Social Security, if they don't like something you said or posted, they can stop your Social Security. They can take it, actually. Not just stop it, but take it. I... I don't know what's going to happen with our kids. Um, some years ago, I think I might have mentioned this before, I interviewed Rosa Corey, who has since passed away this last year. And she was going around, she was fighting against UN 21, Agenda 21 with everything she had. And she was in D.C. talking all in every state and everything. She was gay. And one day she said to me on the phone, she said something I don't like is that they're teaching these elementary school children about this lifestyle. And she said, that makes me angry. They should not do that. And she said, why are they doing that? And I told her at the time, I said, because Rosa, what they've done to the food with genetically modification, and I said, all of this other stuff, the chemicals in it and everything else, is you're going to see a rise in the feminization of boys. And they are training these kids to accept this now so they don't question it. And we've seen that come full circle. Um, and that's one of the questions I want people to consider, this gender confusion thing. 
Why is it only happening to boys? Uh, that's a question maybe we'll address next show. But why is it? I mean, we have gay women, but this is a whole different thing. Um, this is the feminization of boys. And, of course, they're non-reproductive, so there you go. But anyway, John, thank you. This has been a good show, very informative as always, and a history lesson as always. And unless you know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, And we see that happen all the time. We aren't taught history in school, not any real history. And so these shows, I think, are important from that standpoint of what really went on, but you were told something else that glorified the country, glorified the president, the military, and everything else, when actually there was no glory involved, none. We'll be back next week. I say goodness knows what the topic will be, but you can bet it'll be good. Remember, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. (laughs) We'll be there again this year, along with many other people, many new faces. But we'll be talking to you all later on. John, thank you so much for taking time out to be with us. Everybody that tuned in, and there was a gang of you, thank you so much. And good night, everyone. Good night, world.